Hello and welcome to this podcast series with the innovation team here in EMEA. We have Neris Butlow from ServiceNow and we have applied futurist Tom Cheeswright talking today. Over to you guys. Hello Neris. Um, I wanted to talk today about work and the changes in work because it feels to me like we've gone through this, this, this chaotic transformation over the last six months, forced yeah. into it all sort of dropped into our little isolation cells at home working remotely and you know what I think we all deserve if you can reach just like give yourself a pat on the back because (laughs) I feel like most organizations have adapted really really well IT departments have worked wonders we've all been amazed by how well the technology actually works Mm. and yet like based on this research that ServiceNow has just conducted 93% 93% of executives and 78% of employees have got real concerns about how remote work is going to affect the company going forward. So it feels like there's, there's some work to do now to take all this sort of chaotic learning and translate it into something really positive. And I guess my concern is we've, we've done a lot of the technology stuff, not all of it by any means, but we've done a lot of the technology stuff. But there's a load of sort of cultural thinking to be done about what the organisation looks like in the future. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And those, those stats really quite interesting, I think, because people have concerns um, a lot of the time, I think, because they don't know um, kind of what the future looks like. And we're all in this kind of uncertainty type bubble um, at the moment. So I, I think... Um, you know how it's going to how you're impacted moving forwards um you, we have to start thinking about and i think people have started to do this we have to start thinking about you know this isn't just us in crisis mode this is going to be us for the kind of foreseeable uh, future and actually you, you know it will probably change again as well because we're all in complete remote work at the minute but actually my my thoughts are um, that we are more likely to go into a kind of a hybrid uh, sort of mode of operation based on choice as well um, over time. Because I think when you look at the, the stats from the survey, you know, yes, executives are kind of worried about the outputs and the employees are kind of worried about how it affects the kind of inputs and the collaboration piece. And then what that says to me is that, you know, collaboration actually is key to driving the in- outputs at the end of the day. Right? So it's really important that we listen to what employees are saying as well and we help them actually kind of work in the best way wherever they are. So if that's working in that kind of digital, you know, more digital way as we have been for the last six months and kind of still are, then it's about kind of understanding how do you work effectively? How do you collaborate effectively? I mean, I've done um, kind of uh, design thinking workshops over the last few months, which, you know, it's a very different way of doing it than from when you're in a room and everybody's chucking up kind of post-it notes <laughs> and, you know, um, and sort of like bouncing off, e- bouncing off each other. And we have fine-tuned how we, we, we do that, really, you know, and we've made use of kind of tried to create a kind of a digital twin, if you like, of that whole kind of physical environment. So you still you use things like breakout rooms to have the little group cuddles that you might have. You know, you use kind of whiteboarding tools and actually use the digital post-it notes so you can still kind of replicate that. But you can't just expect, you know, for people to start working 
with a tool working in that way without actually kind of giving them a bit of guidance a bit of training and you know recognizing that it's going to like anything take a little bit um take a little bit of practice and then i think when we go back into um, when offices start opening more and i'm lucky enough actually to be in the office today um but i think as more and more offices open up we're going to start seeing kind of uh, people use their office spaces differently. So come to the office because actually um, there's a specific reason that we need to we need to be there. And that reason could be good enough um, as being I need to connect. I want to connect kind of physically in a uh, socially distant way. But, you know, I want to connect kind of face to face with my colleagues. Right. Because I think we do need to recognize that humans have spent centuries kind of working together, um, seeing each other, living in tribes. And I think there's still kind of a natural need to do that sometimes. So I think, you know, you'll see offices being used much more for kind of collaboration spaces, almost kind of social spaces to keep those team connections. But you will see people balance it with actually using kind of digital tools as well so that it isn't a kind of one way or another. Absolutely. I think that point about the, the human connection is a really important one, because after all, 20 percent of us still meet our partners at work. So I'm starting to yeah. wonder if companies are going to have to run their own sort of dating agencies. <laughs> it could be, could be very tricky from an HR perspective. But I, I think you know, one of the things that's perhaps been missed is, is, is that sort of in, almost individual cultural shift you know, where actually if you are if you are parachuting people out to work in their own homes, it takes a different set of skills away from the, the motivation and the hubbub or the energy of the office, away from that oversight you're used to or you're used to having as a manager. Now, there's actually you really need to think quite differently about how you work and about, you know, being self-directed and about you know, measuring your outputs. And we fall into to really um, quite bad traps, I think, for our own physical and mental health without that, as you point out, it needs mm. that thought and that training. You know, I take myself yeah. as an example. You know, I started working for myself, uh, let me think now, sort of 15 years ago. And it probably took me 10 years to get over the idea that I had to be at my desk at eight in the morning and not leave my desk till six yeah. at night and replicate that sort of office behavior because actually it just wasn't productive mm. at all. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, th- I think um, it's really important to have the, the kind of boundaries in your own personal life. And, um, you know, I used to talk a lot um, about the fact that when people were talking that, uh, about the remote workforce pre-COVID, you know, you can work anywhere, anytime, any place. And they used to say, oh, look, you could be checking your emails whilst walking your dog. And I used to say, they shouldn't be checking their emails whilst walking the dog, right? They should be living and enjoying that moment. The whole point is you need to have that kind of, you know, disconnection. Um, and I heard it once referred to as digital snacking, which I love. I love that phrase. And it's, it is people kind of, you know, literally picking up their phone, checking their emails, diving into their sort of Slack or Teams or emails, you know, looking for messages. And, and that kind of always on type culture and that's not you know like snacking if you snacked food all day you know it wouldn't be healthy and it's not healthy to do that kind of digitally either so I think um yeah I think you need to have 
clear boundaries. And I myself, you know, I set myself kind of lists of things that I want to achieve. So a bit like you, I spend a lot of my time kind of writing articles or preparing presentations. Um, And it's quite easy, particularly if you've got kind of a deadline that's a couple of weeks away to sort of like let yourself get swept up into different things or you see something, you know, on the Internet and you suddenly get sucked down that avenue. And I think, you know, it's helped me to have very clear kind of, you know, outputs um, of what I'm trying to trying to achieve each day and I think from a kind of a leadership perspective as well um, and ServiceNow have done this really well actually is to reinforce to people that you know it's really important that you kind of respect that everybody kind of works in different ways so like you talked about you know being at your desk eight till six you know some people particularly when all the schools were shut right they, they were maybe needing to kind of flex their day so perhaps, you know, work a bit later in the evening so they could look after children in the day. And, you know, I myself have got two small children and, you know, lunchtime, I tried not to have any meetings over lunchtime because I needed to, you know, set them up for the afternoon so I could get, get on and work. And people need to kind of respect how people um, work. And I think being really open about it as well, not being embarrassed to say, do you know what, between 12 and 2, you know, I need to be doing this. If you want me at my best, this is how you get me at my best. And I think having those open communications with your colleagues is a really healthy thing to do, actually. The one I want everyone to talk about is their body clock. Everybody's mm. got a different sort of body clock. And if you're, yeah. if you're naturally an early rise and you want to get up and work, fantastic. But you know what? If, you, if you're best, you know, sort of in the afternoons and would much rather work through to the evening, as long as that's not yeah. interrupting your family life, you get on and do it. I'd love organisations to be much more sort of open to that, to that sort of, of conversation. But it certainly feels like we're starting to see now where this future is going. And I think, as you said, it's not 100% remote. It's not a complete return to the office. It's somewhere in between. But that presents its own challenges. You know, one of the things I found really interesting in, in conversations about, about this sort of hybrid environment is how do you ensure that everyone can participate? And so if you've got half the workforce in the office and half the workforce remote, how do you ensure you're not excluding people, getting the maximum people? And all these sort of shifts and more sort of asynchronous ways of working, is, it really takes yeah. some leadership, I think, and some conscious effort. Yeah, I think that, yeah, that's really interesting because you're right. It's kind of, you need to, people have the choice, but then you don't want if 70% of a team have chosen to come into the office and 30% haven't, how do you make sure that you're not creating kind of two separate kind of almost cliques really or groups mm. um, there? So, yeah, I mean, that, that, that is a diff- that's a difficult, a difficult one to do. And I think, you, you know, if you think about, um, you know, whiteboards, for example, in rooms, it's great using a whiteboard to scribble when you're physically here. But if somebody's actually, um, you know, kind of dialing in, well, it's very difficult to follow, very, very difficult to follow. But there is technology there that can enable this, like you can use a digital whiteboard, for example, and still be able to have that same scribble on if you're there in person, and people be able to scribble on it kind of digitally. And I think there's another really important angle uh, to that as well. So um, I'm really passionate about kind of accessibility in technology as well. And it's so easy to kind of not, you know, forget the that if you're scribbling something on a whiteboard, not everybody perhaps could can see that, right? And, you know, again, if you're coming back to using things like digital tools, 
it's much easier to provide a kind of you know or have built-in accessibility to help people so that everybody starts to be on a bit more of a level playing field as well and I, I mean I, I'm passionate about this as I had first in first-hand experience with um, my old HR business partner who was partially sighted and it completely opened up my eyes uh, <laughs> you know uh, to how um, we take for granted that our way of working kind of is everybody's way of working and I think you can take that a step further even how people consume information you know we assume that everybody either likes slides or you know if it's financial data we assume everybody likes seeing it in like tabular list format but you know people do take in information differently people do have different preferences they do have different needs and I think technology now needs to make sure it can meet all of those. It's a really interesting point isn't it that actually that you can I, I do think there is potentially a quite a big overhead in terms of this shift to remote. You know, if we're moving to asynchronous ways of working, you know, is building a document potentially much slower than having a conversation around the table? Yes. But actually, look at all the advantages. Like you say, you, know, you create mm-hmm. it in one digital form. It could be accessible to a lot more people. You've got yeah. that. Um, you've got that uh, you know, breadcrumb trail for how decisions were made. Potentially much, much more in-depth and considered deliberation of those decisions. And it's, it, but it feels like such a massive cultural shift for people to have to make to really get their heads around. Yeah. And I feel like there might be quite a lot of frustration at first. Well, you say that, though. But I tell you what I found really interesting recently. is So we do like a number of kind of like round tables, for example, with customers. And they're very closed events um, because we want it to be, you know, we want people to be able to talk and um, have great conversations. And you know, I've often thought, oh, it'd be really great to go to every single one of those. Now, A, I couldn't go to every single one of those just because of kind of availability. But because they're being recorded, what it's now doing is actually opening that up to loads more people. And if you use, you know, we use Zoom uh, to record it, and then it transcribes as well everything. So the great thing about that is, you know, I read obviously pretty fast as most people do. So sometimes if you haven't got the time to actually watch the recording, you can still actually read the transcript of that. So it's kind of enabling you to be part of something that you perhaps wouldn't be if you only had to be there from a physical sense as well. And the same with like conferences, you know, great when your company wants to, um, you know, is willing to pay for you to travel to, you know, you know, various different countries and go to these big conferences. But sometimes, you know, particularly where companies are trying to restrict costs, they're not able to do that. The digital events then do actually open it up far broader. And actually, yeah, like you say, many more people can access it, whereas it's been, you know, access yeah. might have been really limited in the past. Many poor people can get there. And I love that point about the transcription as well. Mm. You know, it's, I, I, I'm just like that. You know, I, I have exactly that example where I, I, it, I'm so tired of seeing the information buried in a 10-minute video. What I really want is that, you know, that, that three paragraphs yeah. that give me exactly what I need. So for those different learning styles, those different um, information absorption styles, that, that shift can do that. But it, but it does yeah. feel like we're going down this, you know, I think it almost like distributed by default feels mm. like the future with this, with these much more sort of conscious returns to the office for those moments of collaboration and, and interaction and, and motivation. Yeah. It definitely feels like that sort of that, that distributed approach of the future, but mm. with this really conscious effort. And I think there's a big demand for leadership right now to ensure yeah. that we get the, the pastoral care right, the cultural shift right, the training right, to enable people to make the most of it. Yeah. 
Definitely. And I think, um, you know, it is around, as you say, coaching people um, to work in the kind of most effective way um, that they can and, and recognising, you know, you can't just put technology in um, and expect everyone to kind of change, change their way of working. And that, you know, training courses are one way, but there's nothing like kind of hands-on experience and, you know, and, and sort of learning from that and improving it. Um, over time as well so I do um, yeah sorry they learn the new culture by doing yeah yeah totally and and again you know role modeling is is really important and I think kind of you know reinforcing what you're how you're working and what you need from everybody in the organization um you know everybody in the organization needs to role model those behaviors right and we need to shout about where it's working really well but we also need to shout about where we you know we're trying things and perhaps they didn't work so well and and actually again when we're looking at innovation we know that you know you have to go through probably a number of failures and a number of experiments in order to really get to that kind of end point anyway so you know rather than um kind of see that as a negative almost celebrate it and create that kind of you know that right culture that says do you know what like yeah we want you to try we want you to try we want you to innovate we want you to you know be open to change and open to the fact that we are going to continually transform fantastic continue transform i think that would be a very positive shift Mm, yeah me too me too awesome thank you very much to both of you for that conversation and i hope our listeners have found that really interesting as well um next up we have um jessica constantinides who will be talking to tom but for now it's thank you and goodbye